This is the third episode of the Tan Ching Bok podcast. As always, Doc is back in the same cozy spot, ready to share his life stories and advice. We'll also have a Q&A session where your messages are read out and answered. So be sure to drop them right in to ask at tanchengbok.org or on Instagram at tanchengbok. Once again, let's bring in our mystery co-host and Doc. Hi Doc, we are back for the third episode of your podcast. So what have you been up to since the last episode? Well, since the last episode, I've been uh, trying to get my party reorganized. And so I've been going down to the ground, meeting people again. This stem is not for electioneering, but just to get to know them better. You know, and, and I also want to know the areas where we were deficient and how best we can correct that. So it's been taking quite a lot of my time, having breakfast at a constituency, for example, and walking around. Quite good. I'm enjoying the, the, the meeting with the ground people. That's great. Mm. I'm glad you managed to um, go down and speak to the people. So, Doc, are there any other interesting stories you'll be sharing with us today? Well, I think the last time I did share with you some aspects of parliamentary life, then I did mention about nominated MPs and NCMPs and so on. Maybe today I shall like to throw your memory back to the 1980s when I was uh, in parliament, young MP, and having to listen to a speech given by the Minister of Education, Dr. Go King Sui. He is a real fine education minister. But I remember being a young MP then and when I first listened to his speech on how education is going to change in Singapore, I was really worried. And uh, being a rookie MP then, I did not understand how parliament really works. So maybe I did break a few parliamentary rules, I remember, by even speaking when I'm not allowed to speak. But... But the important thing is, when I heard the education uh, policy change, my immediate concern was, my God, this education system is going to stratify our society. Why? Because we are breaking the student population into various grades. Those who are good, they become they go to the express stream. Who are not so good, go to the normal stream. And those who are not so very good, go to the extended stream. Then there are also special schools for special for special assistance schools, specials, and uh, so I was a little bit upset because to me I think this is actually causing divisions in our society. So I remembered I went up to, on on the in Parliament and I spoke. Why, if we adopt this current education policy, in the years to come, when the when our pupils graduate. I really worry whether our society will have people who are not so smart one side, who are in the normal stream one side, who are in the express stream one side. And uh, then those who are studying in special schools, special, uh, special assistance schools. That means the very bright Chinese boys are all concentrating in one particular school. For me, I thought I was really worried. So there were a lot of exchanges and he was very upset with me. I remembered the, the next day after the after the debate, the big headlines was 
he managed about the, he was deputy prime minister, Ho King Sui and myself. I advocated the, what I call a mixed ability school. So he was quite cross with me. But at the end of the day, you must respect Dr. Go King Sui. Because in one particular episode, when I pointed out to him that the school, that the, that the curriculum of a child, say, I think it was in primary three or primary four, I took my daughter's uh, textbook and a science textbook. And I, I remember reading out in Parliament that particular aspect of the text, which I can still remember, is called vegetative propagation. I was really shocked to hear, to try to understand how a child, maybe I think primary four, is well able to comprehend what is vegetative propagation. And to make my point very clear, I brought all his textbook and placed it on my rostrum. It was a little bit of a show actually, but just to make my point clear, I read out that particular passage to all the members of parliament in the house. And I was quite cheeky, I said, do you understand what is vegetative propagation? And I tell you, they were all, they didn't quite understand. So my point was, science must be taught. You must be able to examine, you must be able to apply what you taught in science. And it's not regurgitation of facts, you know. So, so it's, uh, so I told him the school curriculum is wrong. And he was upset again because I think he felt embarrassing, such a powerful man. But it wasn't my intention to embarrass. It was my intention to clarify uh, certain aspects of the uh, how why the school curriculum textbooks can be written in that way. But having said all this, after the debate, I remembered he chased me around and caught up with me one day and told me, actually, in a way you're right, you know, but I'm also wrong. I said, why are you wrong? You shouldn't come and scold me in the house. I said, I never scold you in the house. I was just telling you. So after that, we became very good friends. And I remembered Ko King Sui was, was a real gentleman of minister. He realized errors in the this, in this school uh, curriculum. He confronted me, he explained to me, now that is a kind of minister prepared to say he's not correct, but prepared to listen. And that is the kind of minister I appreciate. And uh, I know one day, he actually called, he sent me a letter to ask him to be one of the governors in the club he wanted to set up for the Singapore Tower Club and want me to be one of the governors. I was really touched that this man who actually was quite cross with me when I challenged his education policy, the great man, he recognized that he's not always right. And uh, for that, I respect him. And until the day he passed away, I always say he's a gentleman, great minister. He must have left quite an impact in your life. Oh yes, he has, mm. he left. You see, he is a man who will not stand any nonsense. And I remembered when I was later on, when I left parliament and I went to become the president of Jurong Country Club, I was quite shocked that his name was not featured in the club. Because I know that actually he uh, actually started Jurong Country Club because he wanted to let all the foreigners who, who came to Singapore to invest, to have a, a, a recreation that they will enjoy. So, in my, my respect for that gentleman, I, I reorganized the whole uh, naming of the club, especially the, the, all the historical aspect and made him 
founding member. That's the the least I could I can do for him. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. It's a very interesting encounter with our Go King Sui. Maybe we we'll take a trip down memory lane and would we would you be able to share with us uh, some of your stories about your schooling days? And what were some of the most interesting and exciting experience back then? I would say that my days as a child and studying in Redin Mas Primary School actually changed my life a lot. Because I was so fortunate to have a teacher by the name of S. Redna Gopal, who taught me from Primary 3 to Primary 5. At the time of Standard 5, we don't call it. No? And he imbibed in me certain value systems in life. Respect for people, understand proper rules, uh, must be compassionate. You must share what if you have something and you're smarter than your friends, you must learn to share. So I remembered he, he used to put me in charge, tie me up with some of the students who were not so good in studies and uh, made me like like student uh, the buddy system and he he will he also make me understand why some of my classmates didn't do well now in the old days i we followed him you know to chinatown i remember one day in his broken down old car and he said now we will see how your classmates didn't do well in school so we observed this little this boy I don't know how he got all the information. And we noticed the poor boy was actually not studying. In the late night, I don't know, our time we follow our teacher everywhere. Our parents did not worry so much. And uh, I realized that the chap was selling this kolomi. You know, in the old days, we got this hawker stall, there's a push cart, and the father will be pushing the cart, selling the me, and he will have an implement, what I call the TikTok, you know, there's a bamboo with a stick, and they knock, knock, knock. And then when people want to buy from the window, they'll shout and then they'll lower down, lower down the basket and then order and then he will go back to the father, pick up the, the, the uh, get the, the, the meal that they ordered and put it back in the basket for them to hoist it up again. But it's late and he was so tired, can you imagine? Or not? So we got to understand how he, the life that this young boy led. I don't know whether our teachers can do all this now, but those were the good old days where they are not so strict in about how uh, how the teachers look after us. Because a lot of the teachers, they go beyond the, the, the just teaching. They, they, they really enjoy mixing with you. So that's where I learned a lot from him. And I never forget when I became the, the chairman of the GPC for education, the first person I went to look for Mr. S. Ratnagopal to help me guide how I should help the government to do a better educational system. So these are, these, these are very impactful things in your life and uh, I never forget it. And I use that now to this all the principles to carry on what I should do. For example, as a parliamentarian and now what I want to do for the country. I have to thank him. Hmm. He must be really quite an inspiration to Yeah, he's a really inspiration. Hmm. Is that how um, 
it shaped your beliefs and value system? Yeah, to a large extent, he has shaped my life. Huh? And uh, because I, I think he went beyond being just a teacher. He wants us to understand the world. And his method of teaching, actually, for example, in, in, the, in the old days when we do PSLE, we take so many subjects. We don't only concentrate on the four subjects. And I think that it is important because the humanity sides of our education system was actually abandoned and we only concentrate on science, mathematics, English and then uh, language. So we have lost out. We have no longer teach people on the humanity side, how to live, how to work with the neighbour. Now these are the things you got to internalise in the individual and the, the starting point I think is our primary school education. So that was something I learned. Thanks for sharing that. Is there any other policies that, um, with regards to education that you have advocated in the parliament? I wouldn't say I advocate those policies. I would say that I challenge the concept of these special assistance schools where Chinese students who are very proficient in Chinese were all congregated into the school. My, my fear when I saw that concept was, look, we are a multiracial country. This will actually uh, put all these very smart Chinese students into that school. Then where are they going to, to interact with the, uh, with the other races? That was my immediate concern. That was just a social aspect of education. But for them, I, rem I remember when I brought this matter up to Lee Kuan Yew, he was saying, no, you don't understand. China is opening up. We need a core group of Chinese students, very well trained. And then say, why do you have to put them into one school? He said, no, you must live in that sort of ambience, that sort of Chinese ambience, so that they will be able to master language better and understand the Chinese culture better, so that when China opens up, we will be able, these people will be ready to go into the Chinese market. I, I think the, the thing that is troubling me all the time is that they are always thinking of what the economic aspect. So we put aside all these uh, certain policy matters like multiracialism actually aside. And uh, I worry that this congregation of very bright Chinese students in one school will put them not in a very good light. So I remember when I was uh, MP of Ayaraja, River Valley was a, was a SAP school. And I, I tell you, I must say that, that uh, the principal, I think Mrs. Leong, She's very good, she understands. I told her my concern and, uh, and she agreed with me that, yeah, maybe the better form of interaction is between the schools. So I went to parliament and advocated for twinning of the schools. Twin what? That means a SAP school must twin with a neighborhood school. So that when they have an interaction at the field, there will be better mixing between the, the, all these students with the ordinary neighborhood schools. I don't know how effective it was, but when I left Parliament, I knew some of the, they, they tried something like this. So these are the education aspects which I felt is missing in our society. Our concern on economics and also a, and grades actually has actually put ourselves a little bit at a disadvantage because then our behaviour is now geared to a particular pattern. We value money so much, which is what, not what I think should be. We must create the Singapore soul 
And to create that Singapore soul, we need people to be educated, not only in the sciences, but also in the literature and other humanities aspect. So the interaction, not only among Singaporeans, but with people outside, uh, outside Singapore, there will be more respect for us. I understand that um, in your educational, uh, entire educational journey, um, you did not just study well, but you also got involved in many different CCAs and activities. Mm-hmm. I heard that you were a scout. Were there any interesting stories or life lessons yeah, you have I learned? I think scouting is very important because there you really mix with your students different level. And when we go camping and hiking together, there's always this, when you develop this comradeship and then this togetherness, so we help one, each, one another. So I really enjoyed scouting. And uh, I remember, I'm not the type of scout that will go and collect badges and wear them on my uniform. I'm the type of scout to really go and scout in the sense that I will be able to camp, I will be able to hike, and one of the strengths I developed as a scout was topography. So I became quite good at topography. And uh, I remembered when uh, Mr. Go Chok Tong couldn't get through his first class batch, he actually asked me to help him. Why? Because he knows that I'm damn good in topography. I can travel. You give me a map and a compass, I can go through a jungle at that time. I don't know about now. So I was quite, quite good at it. So he passed his first class batch. So you were classmates with Ko Chok Tong? Yes, we were classmates. Chok Tong and I, we were classmates. We have differences, but I think at the end of the day, he understand the things that I try to do. And I also have to appreciate the position he's in. So at the end of the day, it's quite clear. Our friendship is quite clear. Politics is politics, friends is friends. So we are still friends. Sometimes he, he, he poke at me, but never mind, I will not say things bad about my friends in public. That's my stand. Thanks for sharing that. And these are some of the Q&As that we have received from our online friends. Okay. I have a person, but I don't it's not a person. It's Frost E C E Coffee. I think they all don't put their names here. They go by pseudonyms like this. And his question is, Dr. Tan, what is your take on Singapore's current education system? I think that Singapore's current education is undergoing change all the time. My take is that I would really like them to play a little bit, to give more emphasis, a little bit more on liberal education too, because then we'll be more aware of what is happening. Because if we just concentrate on the sciences and mathematics and the economy, I think we will produce a group of people who will be quite efficient in running uh, organizations. But having said that, sometimes I wonder if our education system is rated to be among the best. And it has been shown, it has been uh, that in any competition, our students somehow rather come up tops, uh, either in mathematics or what. Then my question is that I don't understand why if you go into the corporate world, in the private sector, why is it that we don't have leaders that should be actually taking in charge of our big corporations? And they're all hemmed by foreigners, foreign talent. So something must be wrong with our education system. Are we producing uh, administrators, captains of industries, 
or are we just creating supporters, just players in the, in the economy? We must make leaders. If our education system is that good, we must be able to show it in our own economy. But sad to say, you see, the recent figures show that even in the areas of uh, even Tamasic, you have 57% all run by foreigners. I'm talking about heads. So something is wrong. We have to we look at it. In this current situation, we should really take a critical look at ourselves. Don't be afraid to take a critical look at ourselves. Where have we gone wrong? And with this COVID-19, the new economy, we, we have to really study it and see how best we can position ourselves when, they re, when the world recover. Maybe we have to look back at our current education system, study it properly. Maybe we have to train people to, to be thinkers, planners, creators. I think creativity is lacking here. And I find that when one of the greatest things I've noticed among many Singaporeans is fear to make decisions. When you fear to make decisions, that is not a good sign. You should be able to take on the on something that comes before you, decide after you have analyzed it, and make a decision. And always don't always wait or look for somebody to give you the cue before you make this decision. So we must develop that 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 kind of critical thinking and those that be able to criticize ourselves and not get upset. Uh, so that when we debate among ourselves, even if we are loose, don't get upset. Don't just say, oh, it's personal. No. Well, because they had, the ideas are better than, ah, than my ideas. So if we go along this talk platform of discussion, I sense that we will be a much better society. And that, if you trace it, we have to go back, maybe take a critical look at our education system and see whether we can improve upon it and produce a new group of Singaporeans who can lead, become leaders of our economy and not we are not just players in this economy. Okay? Well, Dog, our education system has come a long way. And of course, as you said, we still have a long way to go. Um, thank you so much for your contribution in this area. And this is the end of the episode. We look forward to hearing more from you in the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friends. i like to again tell you to avoid using language that is not proper. Bye-bye. This has been the third episode of the Tan Ching Bok Podcast. Before we go, remember to send in your comments and questions to ask at tanchengbok.org or on Instagram at tanchengbok. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. We'll be back real soon with new topics and questions on the next episode of the Tan Cheng Bok Podcast.